do thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word and the power of your spirit. And so, Lord, we um, open our hearts and our minds to you today. Just agree with me in your hearts if that's your prayer today. I open my heart, I open my mind to you, Lord Jesus, to say to me whatever you want to say, whether it's a word of encouragement, a word of challenge, a word of comfort. I open my heart to you. Because I know that your love means that you're a safe person. You're a safe God. You're not a judgmental God. You're a God who speaks truth but in love and with gentleness and kindness. And so I can receive your truth into my spirit because of who you are. And so, Lord, we open our hearts and our minds to you today. And we thank you in faith and anticipation for what you're going to say and what by your spirit you're going to do in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone. Let me share with you how I started this sermon. So I've got a email from Mel, and it's and it said, um, "Marty, we're doing a series on contagious Christianity, and would you preach on being yourself and impacting others?" And straight away, I thought. Challenge accepted. So then I got up, did a few things around the house. I sat down back at my computer, closed my eyes, and I went something like this. I said, uh, dear Lord, write me a sermon. Inspire me. And then I went back to the beginning and I thought, okay, God started with one commandment. One commandment. Don't eat from the tree of, you know, um, knowledge of good and evil. Okay, Adam and Eve stuffed that up. Then the rescue plan started. And he chose the people. He gave them 10 commandments. They turned that into 613 laws. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Jesus comes back and he gives us two commandments. What are they? Someone shout them out. <laughs> Love the God with all your heart, mind and soul. Love your neighbour as yourself. And then I went, oh no. Oh, life's about relationship. Yeah. And I thought, I've got two failed marriages. How am I going to get up and preach about relationship? And then I went, then this fear just came over me and I said, oh dear God, do I have to do this? And he said, you don't have to do anything, Marty. You don't have to do anything. Get vulnerable, right? Let's have some fun. <laughs> I'll mention this again at the end, but I just want to share something. When you give yourself permission to be honest with others, you are being your authentic self. When you take off the mask, allow yourself to be vulnerable, you create a safe space for others to be their true, authentic self. So I'm closing my eyes and I'm like, okay, let's get this sermon done. And I'm, I thought, I looked, right, being yourself, okay, being yourself, being yourself. And the only thing that came to, me, came to mind was I'm standing in Coles, all right, and I'm minding my own business and I'm putting my groceries on the conveyor. And there's this lady with a little son. And I think she ducked off to get something else and left a little son there. And this little kid, he's picking his nose. 
and he's making eye contact with me. He's standing there and he's watching me and he's making eye contact with me and I'm looking at him, doing me groceries and I'm looking at, looking at him. One more. Hey, buddy. Have you picked the winner yet? <laughs> Gold, he goes. <laughs> so I'm still doing the groceries and... Um, I looked back at him and I went, well, why are you still picking? And he pulls his finger out of his nose and he looks at it. He looks back at me and he goes, there's still more. And started picking his nose again. I thought, good for you. Good for you. Just don't wipe your boogers on my groceries. So did you know... Many people back in the day thought Jesus was disgusting with some of the things he did and said. So today, we're going to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is a lesson that Jesus taught that would, offended, that would have offended a lot of people. Let's have a look at a teaching that I believe shaped the early church and set apart Christianity from any other religion and, and changed the world forever. So you want to know how to impact people? Here it is. So Luke 10, 25, 37. We get that on the screen, guys. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbour? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine and set him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to them, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbour to him and who fell amongst... Who, sorry. So which of these three do you think was neighbour to him who fell amongst thieves. And he said, who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go do likewise. So at the beginning, we see a lawyer trying to trap Jesus. He's trying to prove that Jesus didn't hold the law in the highest regard. You see, Judaism is a religion. What religion about is about is works. You follow the rules, you obey the law, you earn your way to heaven and into God's good grace. 
at the end of your, at the end of your life, the scales are weighed, and if your deeds, your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, then you'll make it. Then comes along Jesus. He's preaching the kingdom of heaven is now. He's talking about being born again. So many people that heard were suspicious, very suspicious of him. I think the lawyer expected Jesus to say something like, um, you don't need to obey the law, you just need to follow me. The scripture says that he was trying to trap Jesus. Jesus turns the tables, he says to the lawyer, what does the law say? And the lawyer gives the correct answer. Instead of reading the whole Torah, right, he gives the precepts, the gist of it, if you like. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. So the law says, love God with 100% of your being, 100% of your time, 100% of your passion, all your thoughts and all your actions, a mind totally absorbed in the worship and allegiance to God. That's all. And love your neighbour with all the power and all the grace and with all the willingness and strength and eagerness and meet their personal needs as you'll meet your own. That's all. The lawyer should have turned around at this point and said, you're right. You're right. That's what I have to do to be saved. That's what God deserves. There's no way I can keep all the law. So what do I do? You cannot, on your own efforts, you cannot, on your own performance, on your own record, ever expect to be accepted by God. Now this is mercy. Watch this. Jesus came to live the perfect life, to die the perfect death, to pay the debt that we could never afford so that his spiritual riches could be put into our account. And that's how it works. When you truly believe that he died for your redemption, his love compels you to do what the Samaritan did. Have you ever caught yourself in an act of kindness and thought, oh, I've bit off more than I can chew? This is a real pain in the bum. You know, you're doing something for someone, you go, oh, what am I doing? And then you go, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that's right. I live differently now. I do that. I do it all the time. I say yes to things, and then when I'm in the midst of it, I go, what am I doing? This is hard work. The lawyer had just met his match. He was feeling the pressure 
Jesus had just smashed his foundation, his psychology, everything that he built his life around, and he still tries to justify himself. Like a good lawyer, he argues to the end and clings to the hope that maybe there's a chance that he doesn't need Jesus, that he can do this on his own. So he says, who's my neighbour? But what he's really trying to say is, let's be reasonable. Break it down for us so we can obey these laws. What's the model of love that God requires us to follow? And here we have the parable and Jesus gives us a model for social work, a model for compassion. What kind of needs does does the Samaritan meet? He meets physical needs, material needs. He, um, He gets off his animal, he gives medical and financial assistance He puts himself up in the inn and stays with him the night so he has friendship and comfort and protection. Extremely practical things for a man with dire social needs. A lot of people in the church think that this is an optional thing. It's nice to look after the poor and when you get around to it, if you get around to it, if it doesn't disturb your wallet, it's a nice thing to do. This is why I'm a salvo, because the salvos took me in at my worst. They didn't say, go clean yourself up. They didn't say, go change your attitude, you know, and then you can come back. They took me in how I was, and this is why I'm a salvo today. Impacted. If there's anyone here who wants to impact people... If you want to be fishers of men, Jesus tells us how to do it right here. People don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. People don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. The only way to impact people is through friendship. You don't have to have a relationship with everyone who crosses your path. Good Samaritan work can be done by the fly. After the Samaritan dropped, dropped back in and paid the bill, he probably never saw the bloke again. What a story to tell. What a way to impact someone. The guy, I didn't even know the guy. He saved me. He paid the bill. He didn't even wait around for a thank you. He didn't even tell me where I could find him so I could pay him back. What a story. Let me take this a little bit further. Jesus says that when he comes back, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. When he comes back, Jesus says in Matthew 25, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was shelterless and you didn't give me shelter. I was sick and you didn't take care of me. I was in prison and you didn't visit me. And on that day, those people are going to be the goats. That's the counterfeit Christians. And they're going to say, Lord, when we see you hungry or thirsty or in prison, and Jesus is going to reply, what you did to them, you did to me. Social compassion is a sign of real faith. But Marty, you're talking about works, aren't you? Let me put it this way. You have two trees. 
One is full of leaves and fruit and the other one has nothing on it. They both exist, but which one would you say is alive? Jesus is saying on the last day, your fruit will indicate your heart. And that's how I will separate my true followers from the Christians that just give lip service. Writing this sermon, I was really triggered. And if you're anything like me, you go, wow, fall so short. All short all the time. I can't believe that Jesus paid my debt. Okay. Sorry guys, I'm an emotional guy. Um let's get back to the parable. Thanks, sweetheart. What a good daughter. Thank you, darling. Okay, back to the parable. When the lawyer says, who is my neighbour, he's also saying, you don't mean everybody, do you? I don't have to help my enemy, surely. This is why Jesus puts the Samaritan in a position of power and makes him the hero of the parable. Watch this. If it had been a Jew helping a Samaritan, then the lawyer would have said, what an idiotic story. No self-respecting Jew would have helped a Samaritan. He would trample him and put him out of his misery. What a disgusting thing to say. The Samaritans hated the Jews. What a disgusting thing to do. I'm not having anything to do with a Samaritan. I would much rather pick my nose in public and make eye contact with everyone walking past and be seen with a Samaritan. You're asking us to commit treason. Help our enemies? Do you realise the social rejection that you are asking us to do? You know the position you're putting us in? So what does Jesus do? Very clever, I love this. So what Jesus does is he puts the lawyer on the ground in the story. He puts the Jew on the ground. He's the one that needs help. He's the one that needs help. And then he's forced to concede. Okay, if that was me... And I was in that situation. Of course, I'd want someone to take care of me the way the Samaritan man did, even if it was a Samaritan. He forces him to concede. And even after that, did you notice that the Samaritan, sorry, that the um, lawyer couldn't even say the word Samaritan at the end? When Jesus asked, who is my neighbour? He answers him, the one who showed mercy. still stubborn Jesus is saying you know who your neighbour is your neighbour is anyone who crosses your path anyone 
This is the reason why Christianity exploded and flourished so quickly through every culture and every nation. It was so radical. People were dumbfounded by the impact of these Christians, not only by helping their own, but by helping their enemies. The Romans didn't even consider Christianity a religion at the start. Did you know that? They just thought they were just some bunch of weirdos. The idea of a God coming down, making himself human and taking a sacrifice, it's just unheard of. It's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. No one was excluded. People lived and tasted the truth of this social work that impacted so many. The first hospitals were started by Christians. The world had never seen anything like it. And a story told by our Lord and Saviour continues to impact the world and change the world today. Impacting people. Journeying with people. My sponsor tells a story about fellowship and Ed Brisky. A man named Ed Brisky. He says, I never knew Ed Brisky. Couldn't care less about Ed Brisky until the day we were fighting a fire together. And there was a backdraft, and my breathing apparatus caught on fire, and Ed Brisky saved my life. He said, I'd if Ed Brisky wasn't there, I would have died. And he says, now I have an acute interest in the life of Ed Brisky. We're good friends. So if you want to impact people, jump in the fire with them. That's a metaphor too, friends. <laughs> I have a mate, Benno. And he tells a story about a bloke who broke into his house. So he cooked him dinner, gave him 20 bucks and drove him home. <laughs> Beno says, I'm pretty sure that guy is saved. He's pretty sure that, that guy is saved, impacted, changed his life. Big bloke too, really big bloke. So... You know, we don't have to do miraculous things. We just have to be ourselves. I'm going to repeat it again. When you give yourself permission to be honest with others, you are being your authentic self. When you take off the mask and allow yourself to be vulnerable, you create a safe space so others can be their authentic self. We just have to be there. I'm doing PLP with um, guys on parole at the moment. I'm just just there doing it. And I get to see stuff like a former hell's angel give his life to Christ, you know? And he says to me, he goes, Marty, will you baptise me? I said, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, will baptise you, brother. I said, but if you want to go down the beach and have me say a prayer, watch you make a covenant with God and then dunk your head under the water, I said I'd be honoured. <laughs> no worries, mate. No worries. 
just going to invite the band back. I just want to say thank you for my church family too for um, allowing me to be myself and to be vulnerable. We all fall short. Jesus paid the price, so let's get on with it. He paid the price, let's get on with it. What are we waiting for? We need to stop being led by our heads all the time, being so sensitive. You can be led by the Spirit. It's time to step out of our comfort zones. People don't care what we know. They want to know how much we care. Let's not miss the opportunities that will ignite a fire inside us. Let's pray. Father God, we humble ourselves before you. Forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. We're sorry for all the times we have misrepresented you. Light a fire of compassion in us that will stay ablaze so that we may impact people for your sake. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you want to connect deeper, come down the front. Don't be shy. Someone will pray for you.